Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. Today, I want to talk about parties. Now, it just so happens that every culture has their own way of celebrating, of partying. My own family is from India, in a particular region called Goa. And I have to say, the beaches in Goa are looking pretty good this time of year, wouldn't you say? (laughs) So growing up in Ottawa, we would often be going to these going parties. I try saying that three times fast. We were going to going parties. Uh, But the the thing, I mean, going parties, they're so much fun. The people are fun. The music is fun. There's usually some fun games. But the best thing about going parties is the food. And if it feels like I've been preaching about food a lot recently... I have. I I basically preach about the things I'm most passionate about. So food and Jesus are near the top of the list. Anyways, uh, here's how it typically goes. Uh, You show up in the evening and they serve you some some drinks, some some appetizers, and then there's conversation that goes on. and, And as the evening's unfolding, there's another round of drinks, have another samosa, whatever, and uh and they often don't serve supper until like eight or nine o'clock at night. But I hope you saved room because there's some more amazing food to come. And then as the, the evening continues, it's not uncommon. I've literally been at parties where they don't serve dessert until like 11 o'clock midnight, right? And, and now I'm getting too old for that myself. I wasn't even, even on New Year's Eve, I was like lights out way before midnight. That's how old I'm getting. Anyways, I was asking my parents one time, like what is it about this, this going custom? Like why so late? And they were explaining, well, as soon as dessert is served, it's like the cue for everybody to say, like this party is winding down. It's time, it's time to go home, right? Basically, no more food means no more fun means no more party. So people would eat their dessert, they'd grab their coats, and they'd, they would leave. That's, that's the way it, it was in, in that custom. And I'm sure every culture has its own custom for how they party. And it got me wondering, like, when was the last time I've even been at a really big, fun party? When was the last time you've been at a big, fun party? I can't even remember. I'm sure it's been at least two years, if not longer. And here we are, you know surviving, going along, but it just feels like not being able to gather in these fun ways, like something is missing. Doesn't it feel that way? You know, my, my sister-in-law was saying this to me at one point earlier in the pandemic. She's got to manage a household of rambunctious boys, and I include my brother in that list. Uh, and anyways, she's, uh, she was there, and she said, you know, it feels like this pandemic has robbed us of so many of the things that make life enjoyable. And of course, she's, she's got little guys at home doing school online. Birthday parties are smaller. Sports have been canceled. And even for us at, as adults, there's so many of the things that make life enjoyable that we're not able to, to participate in. You know, we can't have big parties. We're, we're limited in how we gather. Some people are isolated. We can't just drop in on friends. We, we, some people used to have an open-door policy. Can't do that. Even funerals. Think about when was the last time you were at a funeral wake 
or a funeral reception. You know, we can't even grieve in the same way, gathering together. And, and where those gatherings would have been in its place, there's a void. There's an emptiness. Now, I started talking about parties because today our gospel is all about a really big party, the wedding feast at Cana. And just as an aside, I want to make a plug for this series called The Chosen. You can watch it online. And they have an episode, I think it's season one, episode five, that's, that's actually presents this very thing in a, in a creative, a beautiful, colorful way, this story of the wedding feast at Cana. I actually watched it again last night just to, just to place myself back there again. So here's the thing. You get the sense Jewish people, they loved to party. And when it came to weddings, uh, that was no exception. They would invite the entire town to come to the wedding. Uh, Relatives from all over the place would come. They would party. Sometimes these parties would go on for an entire week, right? So they liked to party. And Mary happened to be at this wedding. Jesus was there. A few of his disciples tagged along. And early on, as the story goes, it says, the wine gave out. This was a big deal. It was premature, way before uh, it should have run out. It would have been embarrassing for the host, for the bride and the groom, especially for all these people. They traveled, they had brought gifts, they'd come to celebrate. And <clears throat> imagine a wedding without wine. I mean, no wine means no fun, means no party. It's basically like, like saying, you know that song, Closing time, you don't have to st- go home, but you can't stay here, right? It was basically like kicking them out, saying <laughs> the party is over. Now the key to, I think, understanding this text is this, that in the Bible, wine, it wasn't just an alcoholic beverage, Wine represented so much. It was a symbol of joy, of vivacious living, of of human connection. In Psalm 104, it says this, God gives wine to gladden the human heart. So it represents this this life, not not just surviving, but all of those things, so many of those things that make life enjoyable. Joy, gatherings, human connection. I mean, just think about it. If you've ever shared a bottle of wine with friends, you know, right? The conversation, it flows more easily. You're able to enjoy people's company. There's a real sense of connection. Now, going back to our gospel, we have a real problem. The wine gave out. The the vats of wine, the wineskins, whatever, they were empty. And maybe that's your experience as well. This feeling of, man, I feel this this void, this emptiness. Something is missing. So many of the things that that make life so enjoyable are gone. And so what happens? Mary, she goes to her son Jesus. She gives him a little bit of a nudge, right? Mothers know best. And that's certainly the case here. And so Jesus he, he goes, he finds these six stone jars. And they were, they were massive. They would each hold 20 or 30 liters. We're talking in total six, or sorry, 20 or 30 gallons. We're talking a total of 600 liters. And 
I've heard this story so many times, but it's the first time that it struck me. Even the stone jars, they were empty. The wine was empty. The stone jars were empty. Everything was empty. The stone jars, they were used for these Jewish rites of purification. And, you know, I was just thinking of an analogy, these religious practices. I was thinking of our own day, where maybe even some of our own religious practices feel empty. They're not the same. You know, those of you who are watching online, maybe uh, it's, it's just not the same. You wish you could be here. I was talking to somebody recently who said, you know what, I, I, I wish I could come. I have these young children. I don't feel I can come to church. And I miss that, that sense of being able to walk in and saying like, oh yeah, I know you and I know you and I know you and this is my family. And even for us here, physically, in person, It's not the same, you know. We have these space limitations. You're all wearing masks. We can't even sing. Last night, because of the storm, we didn't even have music. Sometimes even our own religious practices right now are feeling empty. Well, the good news is that Jesus doesn't leave us, and he didn't leave them in that place of emptiness. He performs this incredible miracle. He turns 600 liters. Just just try to wrap your head around that for a moment, that quantity. 600 liters of water into wine. This overabundance, more than they could ever drink in that party. As if to say, you know what, I want to fill this party with wine. In the same way, Jesus is saying, I want to fill your lives. If you're feeling empty, I want to fill your lives with the Holy Spirit. You see, in the New Testament, wine is also a symbol for the Holy Spirit, this new wine that God can pour into our hearts. And with the Holy Spirit comes all kinds of fruits, this overabundance of of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, all of this goodness. It dawned on me that so many of the gospel stories where Jesus is performing a miracle, he's not just, uh, or, or in most cases, he's alleviating suffering, right? He's healing the sick, he's feeding the hungry, he's delivering the oppressed, he's raising the dead. Some of these situations, they're very, very dire, life or death. And yet at Cana, it's different. It's not like anybody's gonna die if they run out of wine. But why does Jesus do this? I think it's because he's trying to communicate that if you feel empty, I can do something about this. (laughs) If you feel this void, I want to fill you. I'll do anything to fill you with my Holy Spirit. And with that comes, as I say, joy and human connection and the abundance of life. I have the power to do this. And you just have to say yes to experience it. Yes, Jesus, I want to receive this new wine. Now, speaking of new things, we are in this series, All Things New. As Father Alex mentioned at the beginning, 
It's a new year. It's a natural inflection point. We flip the calendar. It's a fresh start. And it's a time where we can ask for this newness. I don't know about you, but the pandemic is feeling pretty old here. I'm ready for some new. And Jesus can fill us. Jesus can make all things new. One of the things that we know consistently is a place where Jesus shows up and he fills us with his Holy Spirit is this thing called Alpha. And we're running a a new Alpha starting in a few weeks' time at the beginning of February. And it's meant to be this fun place where there's real human connection, where there's, where there's joy, where people can come as they are, not, not with any kind of masks or facades, but come as they are, people who are feeling empty, who can be filled with Jesus and his Holy Spirit. And we are doing Alpha Online, which, but this time around, it's going to be a little bit different. See, normally we would say, if you've done Alpha before, we, we want you to move on to the next thing. Keep asking yourself, well, what's next? What's next? But this time around, we're actually going to open Alpha up to anyone, to every, everyone. If you're new, if you've never tried it before, please, uh, we want you to experience this. But if you've done Alpha, maybe it was a while ago, maybe you did it in person, you've never tried it online, we want to give you the chance to experience this. You might be, you might be wondering, well, well, what is it like doing Alpha over Zoom? Come and see. Come and check it out. Experience it for yourself. And we've been amazed by how it, it really works. It's, it, it leads people to a place of real encounter with God where they're filled with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So come and check it out and why not invite somebody else? About a year ago, I was praying about who God are you asking me to invite to try Alpha? And out of nowhere, this one person popped into mind. I really think it was an inspiration from the Holy Spirit, my old physiotherapist from Ottawa. And so I, I reached out to her and got on a phone call and it was great. We hadn't actually been in touch in a while, but we were reconnecting. And I, I went through my, my laundry list of all the aches and pains that I have. And uh, she was very kind and gave me some good advice. And at a certain point, I, I said, hey, would you be open to trying Alpha? And, and she actually said yes. She had been going through a bit of a tough time, in fact. And it was just the thing. And these are, these are her words. Prior to Alpha, she said, I felt I was free-falling in panic mode treading water. I felt scared about the future. Alpha gave me peace, a purpose. I still question why, but I'm trying not to lean on my own understanding and instead find joy within the mess. This is something that can happen for any of us. And for people we love, people who are feeling empty, who are feeling messy, who are feeling like something's missing, God can come and fill them, fill their hearts with the Holy Spirit. And so the invitation is out there to all of you to receive this new wine. I want to end with uh, a short video to, uh, to really drive home the point that uh, Alpha is something that I think 
we all need. We all need to be filled to the brim right now with God. And so let's just dim the lights and uh, we'll play this video. Why do bad things happen to good people? What's the purpose behind all this? What did he have in mind when he created me? <sighs> Why do we exist? <laughs> Why are we here? What's next? How did I do? Why do we have such a short life? What was the initial purpose of life? Why are we here? Why do we have to die? Just why? What is the point of all the suffering? Why evil exists? All the conflict, like why? I guess the ultimate question would be why? Why? I feel uh, most alone uh, when I'm surrounded by a lot of people. I feel like I have to fight just to be in the room. No one sees my side. Sometimes you just feel like you're in it alone, having to make the decisions all by yourself. I feel the most alone when I feel uh, misunderstood. When people are not listening. It feels like no one gets me. I don't believe in God. I don't have an answer. I don't know the answer to that. Life's so hard sometimes. I think people just need to feel wanted, loved, and accepted. I think I always want to be known for who we really are. They need a place where they feel like uh, they belong. much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.